If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. It doesn't have to be this like all consuming thing. You can go, you can take breaks, you can delete the apps and get back on them. Yep. I've done that. I think we all have. So it's, I think it's healthy to like recognize that life is in cycles and yeah. you don't always have to be kind of in the search phase. Yeah. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. Calling all gold diggers, especially if you are single. If you are sick of scrolling through dating apps with people who aren't nearly as ambitious as you are, then you have to listen to today's conversation. Amanda Bradford is the founder and the CEO of an elite dating app called The League, which has this application process and a waitlist in place to build a community of people with like-minded standards and ambition that are committed to finding a long-term relationship. Now, Amanda is super passionate about standing for people that are equal in the workplace and equal in relationships. And her and her team at the league are determined to help you find someone you don't need to lower your standards for. Today, Amanda is sharing what makes the league different. Plus, she's giving us her best dating advice for ambitious people just like you. We know that if you listen to Gold Digger, you are success oriented, you're driven, you're motivated to dig your biggest goals. And I cannot wait for you to hear Amanda's advice for meeting your match. This one is so interesting from the founder story to talking about the online dating scene and how to navigate it as an ambitious entrepreneur. All of these things are covered and so much more. So without further ado, let's Let's dive on in with Amanda. You know what time it is. Sweater weather, football season, Q4. It's the home stretch, gold diggers. And it's time to close out another year of growth and prep for the next year of revenue. To bring in more business this Q4 and beyond, you need sales software that helps you score. And the top tools are all inside the new HubSpot Sales Hub. With a customizable prospecting workspace, smart deal management suite, and AI-powered apps, you can take total control of your sales operation and manage your people and 
and pipeline with ease. The AI-powered ChatSpot speeds up your day-to-day tasks with simple chat solutions, while AI Assistant cranks out copy, outlines, and out-of-the-box ideas. They're cleverly designed to accelerate your workflow and baked right inside of your CRM. When you pair Sales Hub with other hubs and HubSpot Smart CRM, your team will be on the same page across the entire customer journey. Leads won't slip through the cracks and data is connected across marketing, sales, and operations so you can better measure your impact on the bottom line. Stop sticking to the same old strategies and start closing more deals because the best time to score is Q4. Make the switch to HubSpot Sales Hub at HubSpot.com sales. Okay, so today's episode is going to be such a treat, and I have the perfect person to be chatting with today. Welcome to the Gold Digger Podcast, Amanda. Thanks so much for having me. Yes. Okay, so one thing, I talk about everything on my show. I talk about motherhood. I talk about marriage. I talk about business. I talk about health. I talk about all the things. But one thing that I cannot speak to is what it is like to be single and navigating that climate. Now, I am one of the lucky ones. I met my husband when I was 18 years old. We've been married for over 12 years. We basically have grown up together. So we got married when we were 23. And we often joke, like, I don't know what I would do if I was single right now. I don't know how I would navigate navigate this new landscape of what dating even looks like. And so Amanda, I am so yeah. excited to chat with you today. Yeah, it's it's definitely changed since since you met your husband. I think many people would probably say you're lucky to have found him then because it is more complicated now. I think, you know, in some ways it's it's better. I can make a pretty good argument. I can do it now or later, but you yes. know, why it is actually a great time to be single because you know, we have all these technology and tools to to help you find, you know, the best match for you. Whereas back in the day, you were kind of, basically, you're kind of forced to, to meet whoever's in your community, maybe your church, maybe your friends introduced them to you. So your, your pool, you know, your dating pool is a lot smaller. So I always say, you know, you, you want a big dating pool. So yes. in a way, it's it's an amazing time to be single, but it is it is a lot to navigate. And I think especially for people that haven't been single or new, you know, newly single, it it can be overwhelming. So, so yeah, I'm happy to, to share kind of my tips of, of learning. Part of why I started the league was I was one of those people. I had never been single. I had been a serial monogamist, I guess, with a couple different relationships, then ended a five and a half year relationship. And the dating app era was, was upon us. The Tinder apocalypse was happening. And I started using all the dating apps and I realized that it was like, basically it was a, I don't know, maybe the most overwhelming and like frightening experience ever to like dip your toe into that after never having really been on a dating app. Yeah. And so that's why I started the league was I wanted a, a product that wasn't so overwhelming that I could find who I was looking for that I didn't have to go through and play hot or not with like thousands of profiles every day. Yes. So, so yeah, so I, so I'm basically like, a good person to talk to if you're nervous about dipping your toe into the the waters. I can I can kind of hold your hand on on how I think about the dating nowadays. Oh my gosh, Amanda. Okay, so before we dive into that, because I cannot wait to hear about everything, I need to know how did an engineer end up founding and running one of the most elite dating apps in the world? Like, what is your story? This is a podcast <laughs> where so many women come on and tell their stories. I am dying to hear what yours is. Yeah, well, it's funny. I never really like thought I would go into the dating space when I was studying engineering at Carnegie Mellon. I, uh, you know, I I had a a job at Salesforce, and then I worked at Google. So I was very much like tech 
you know, wanted to be kind of in big tech, wanted to be a corporate exec, working really hard. I, I, you know, I was kind of a workaholic, I guess. I really wanted to climb the ladder fast. I was very into the, I guess, the hustle culture at that point. And then when I went to business school, you know, I started learning more about entrepreneurship and realizing that maybe that would be something that was a good fit for my personality. Cause I, I like doing a lot of different things. I've always been kind of jack of all trades, master of none where there, you know, I'm never like the best at every one thing, but I'm like pretty freaking good at a lot of things so much so that I can get a lot of projects off the ground without needing a lot of people. And so when, when the dating, you know, apps kind of all came out, I was in business school, I actually had a job offer at Facebook and I had actually accepted it, but I was like, well, let me see if I can just like launch this dating app while I'm in the summer before my, my job starts, because I'm, you know, like every pragmatic type A person, I wanted to have a a backup plan and a hedge in case my app didn't work. You know, I, it's a very crowded space. There's hundreds, if not thousands of dating apps out there. Who was I to think that mine would be successful? So I was like, let me just try it. And then if it's not, I can go work at Facebook if it is. And I could, you know, renege on the, the job and, and go and start my own thing. And so I gave myself like a really small window. And I always encourage people that are thinking about starting something is yeah. is to give yourself these deadlines. Because I know if you're anything like me, I, I procrastinate to the last minute. And then yes. if something's not due, I'll, I'll keep wanting to make it perfect and more perfect and more perfect. And it's a little bit of a sickness. My mom always jokes when I was a kid in my school projects, I would like go over them over and over again. And she was like, just turn it in. Amanda. So, so basically by having that start date at Facebook, I had a, like a day I needed to work backwards from. And so we basically, I got that built and launched within, I think I graduated in May, got an engineer to start working with me in June. I coded sort of the HTML, the front end, because I had some coding experience, but like I said, jack of all trades, master of none, and then got an iOS engineer to help me with the more native sides. And then we started in June and then we launched in November. So it was basically a four month project to get it off the ground. It was very, very beta. It was very buggy. It didn't totally work, but it worked enough that people started coming back and people got matches. And I think at some point, some people had to wait like 90 seconds for the app to load. And when they still kept coming back, I was yeah. like, I think that's product market fit. If yes. someone's going to wait 90 seconds to see, see their app. So that was, um, that was sort of like my business school. Like I called it a very expensive internship in the sense that if it didn't work out, you know, I could, I would just go, go kind of get a normal job. But if, if it did, and if my idea had legs, which was like, let's, let's create a more application-based system. Let's use what business school does or, or great companies like Google, where they make you go through a whole application process. You yeah. interview, you may, you do an essay, a personal statement. You have to put you know, a real packet together to even get into these places. So I wanted to bring that same ethos into dating where you're, you, know, you are putting your best foot forward. You are putting an application together. It is, it is a high quality place that you should be proud of getting accepted into. I wanted to be something that people be proud to say they met on the league and not be embarrassed or have some stigma that they're there to hook up or anything. Yeah. So I wanted to be almost like as far away positioned from, from Tinder as possible, really, and, and be somewhere that you could proudly say where you met. So I love this. And one thing I want to touch on, because I think this is so powerful, is that there are a ton of different dating apps, right? So I'm curious to yeah. know, Amanda, <laughs> did you have fear like... Because I think there are two camps. So people see like, okay, this has already been done. They either see it as what would I do differently? Or they would see it as like, this is proof of concept. Like there are a lot of people out there. Maybe I can hit more of a niche audience. Were you intimidated by the fact that there were a ton of dating apps? Or did that kind of inspire you to really differentiate yourself among the rest? 
Well, I did a whole, and again, I always recommend, I know you have a lot of like budding entrepreneurs on your, on your show. So I like to, to talk what I tell like Stanford kids is that, you know, once you actually start doing like a graveyard sweep is what I call it, of look at everyone who had your idea and try to find, you know, the internet is full of a lot of archives. If you kind of know how to dig through it and find people that had the idea and if it failed, maybe reach out to them and see if you can find out what happened, why they didn't work. There was only a couple of dating sites that were very specialized in like kind of a highly educated, highly ambitious niche. One of them was, I think one that was just for Ivy League. So it was like way too small of a market. I I didn't even, you know, my undergrad is not Ivy League. I'm not an Ivy League person. The league was never supposed to be seen as an Ivy League app, but we, we ended up having a lot of those kind of people gravitating towards it. But so I knew from the very beginning I would never want to create that small of a of a net around it because yep. that was one of the reasons why it died. It's just there's not enough people graduating from Ivy League schools because there's only eight of them or whatever in the U.S. So so like that was like step one is like don't be too niche. And then yeah. step two was looking at was there anything focused on career because that was just focused on your education. And I cared a lot. You know, I didn't really care where people went to school. I mm-hmm. wanted to know, like, what are you spending 40 50 hours of your week dedicated to what are your passions? Oftentimes your passions translate into professions, but sometimes not. But I wanted to just kind of know where, where you're spending your time. And most of the apps, actually all of them, not any of them showed professional data. Sometimes they would let you put in your title, but it would not show anything that was on LinkedIn. So then I found myself like the crazy yes. type A yes. stalker I am, I basically started looking, search stalking everybody and trying to find their LinkedIn profile. Yes. And I'd be like, okay, he's wearing a Duke shirt. He says he's a lawyer and he's 39. And I'd be like, that means he graduated in 2006. And so then I would go on LinkedIn and look for Duke lawyers from 2006 yeah. and try to match him to like the Tinder profile and be like, is this guy really what who he says he is? And I was like, this is such a waste of time. What if we just made people sync their LinkedIn yeah. on the way in as part of their application process? And that way then I'm not going to see if this guy is, you know, fake wearing a Duke shirt or actually has a, you know, is actually has a job versus, you know, being on his parents' couch or, or whatever might happen in, in kind of the, the wild dating apps, so to speak. So that was like one of the, in, the bulbs of inspiration was that um, could I save everybody time by, by showing the social media that everybody has public anyway. I mean, some yes. people are like, oh, I would never give you my LinkedIn, but you're like, well, it's public. I, yeah. all I have to do is search Danny S and I, I found him on LinkedIn. So right. let's just make it easier for the dating people to, to find each other and to find people who are in, you know, I wanted, I'll be honest. I, I do give people credit when they are in highly demanding jobs. They are in jobs that take a lot of, you know, stamina or it's selective process. Like, I think that is like sexy and I'm attracted to that when, when people have big jobs and big goals, as you can see, as our I'm wearing our our swag here, but I cared a lot about knowing sort of the full story. I didn't want to just play hot or not with someone's face and be like, oh, okay, he has an attractive face, so I'm going to swipe right. But like, and then you're now asking like, what do you do for work? And like, do you even have a job? Or it's awkward. And then it sounds like you're almost like gold digging or something because you're, you're trying to follow up about, but really you're just trying to ascertain if they you know, A, have a job because that was important to me. And like, I wanted someone career oriented and, and B, like, are these people who they say they are? And by syncing with LinkedIn, we actually eliminated the ability for people to, to make up information. You had to sync LinkedIn. So then if you want to say you're a NASA rocket scientist yeah. who went to Harvard, you would need to go to your LinkedIn profile and update that. And then your whole network would see that and be like, what are you doing? Yeah. So, so there's a little bit of like social social proof and like, you know, a kind of a disincentive to, to lie because we're pulling from LinkedIn. So those were like all of my pain points as a, as a single person dipping my toe into the dating waters for the first time. And then 
I remember I looked up to see if there's any other apps doing this. Yeah. I couldn't find any. I remember, you know, Hinge was out and a couple other apps. That I remember like writing customer support <laughs> tickets to them being like, you should sync with LinkedIn and like, you shouldn't let people put in their profession because they can lie and like all these things. And then I was like, wait a minute, I can do this. Yeah. I like looked up the founder of Hinge. He was a solo founder. He was less technical than me. I had an engineering degree. I worked at Google. Why am I writing support tickets to telling other people how to make a good app? I should just do this myself. I just graduated in business school. I'm like, what, what am I doing? So I kind of like kicked myself in the butt and was like, at worst case, this is a very expensive internship, Amanda. And you just spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on business school. This is a rounding error. If you spend 20K right. trying to figure out how to make this app work. And if it doesn't work, okay, now I spent 220K on business school. So I tried to like reframe it. Cause I think a lot of people are like, oh, I can't do a business cause it's too expensive. And like, but yet they'll invest in like big vacations or they'll invest in, you know, a certification or something. And yeah. so I kind of looked at it as like, let's just look at this as in a little, uh, a class I'm paying to take. And then if it works, it works. So I started building it. I wireframed it. I hired an engineer, fired an engineer, hired another <laughs> engineer, got it built. And we launched in November and then we had to rebuild the app because it broke again. Yeah. So it was like, it wasn't easy, but it was, you know, I, I'm really happy that I like took the initiative to, to build the product that I wanted instead of assuming, you know, oh, somebody's going to do it or only the people in the market who are out there can do this. And I kind of was like naive enough to think I, I love could, that. I could like launch into the most, one of the most crowded categories. I think dating and gaming are the two most crowded consumer categories. And almost everyone, when I was fundraising, were like, we don't do dating or gaming because it's just once, you know, one out of a million work. Yeah. So the odds are just really bad. So I was I guess ruefully ignorant to that and and just went for it anyway. I so. love that. I think that so many things can be taken from your story. Like I love that you were emailing support like, hey guys, this could be better. And then you're like, wait, I actually can do this. And I think that's where a lot of people stop, right? Like they're like, surely someone else has done this. Surely someone else can create this. Like they disqualify themselves from even trying. And so I right. love that that's a part of your story. So you've kind of touched on how the league is different from other apps. But if someone were to just straight up ask you, okay, Amanda, why is this any different from all of the other ones out there? How do you describe it? Well, we're the only app that has a selection process with a wait list. And, you know, I modeled it a little bit after business school and like Soho house and kind of all these, these, you know, I don't want to use the word exclusive, but, you know, selective yeah. memberships where you you do have to apply. Not everybody gets in. You you do have a bar of entry. You know, we have a kind of no shirt, no shoes, no service vibe. And and I'm proud to stand by that. And a lot of almost uh, no other dating apps, maybe one, we've had a copycat come up after since we've launched or a couple, but for the most part, we were the first ones to really not let everybody in and, yeah. and actually have this, you know, standard of kind of profile completeness and profile quality. And that's a, you know, ambiguous term, I, I realize, but you know, we wanted you to fill out your education, your profession, put six photos and put in about me, look like you want to be there, right? Yes. Like I didn't want, I was sick of seeing these profiles on other apps where it's like one photo, one line, or it's a photo with them and sunglasses, you can't even see them, or they doesn't say anything about what they do. They just say like, you know, hit me up or something. So it's like, I wanted to kind of get a full, a full picture of someone. So that, so that was like, the first thing was just modeling it and modeling it in a way that, you know, you, you need to put kind of a good profile together to, to get in. So have that selection criteria. And then the second piece is requiring LinkedIn. We're now a little, we since then, you know, this is a while ago. So now we've made it. So obviously there's a lot of industries that aren't as LinkedIn focused. Yeah. So 
we kind of pigeonholed ourselves into a lot of tech finance, you know, consulting, marketing people that were on LinkedIn, but for instance, you know, writers, actors, those people, LinkedIn isn't a good, maybe a good indicator. So we've now added IMDB and mm-hmm. like things like, you know, if they're a professional athlete, they can certify with their league. So we've now kind of improved that. But at the beginning, you had to have a LinkedIn and you had to sync it. And if you didn't sync it, you didn't get in. And everybody had to say who they were, like authentically. It was sort of like, we're all sharing our LinkedIn profiles yes. together. So not, you know, some people couldn't be private and other people showing. So it was this this like feeling of community and authenticity and that you're actually sort of in a social network when you get in because there's these groups and events. We had a whole community focus to the app where, you know, my, my tagline was like, it's a social, it's actually a, a, a local social app with a killer single scene, but it doesn't need to be the only thing. Like if you just want to meet some people to go rock climbing with or karaoke with, you could join the app similar to like a meetup and find other people. And they're probably a lot of them are going to be single. So it's a great, a great way to like go out on group things and maybe meet people, you know, that you could be romantically interested in, but if not, you could find other common interests. So, so from the very beginning, I never wanted it to just be like, come here for dating and leave. I wanted it to yeah. feel like this community of ambitious driven people that were would rather be single than settle. And while you're single looking for, you know, that perfect person that's going to add value to your life, that can be a long search. And there's other things you want to do during that search period. You might want to make friends, girlfriends that are also single guy friends have met. Uh, My favorite story are these guys that they were like, Amanda, you didn't introduce me to a girlfriend, but all my groomsmen were from the league because I guess he joined a surfer group and they started going surfing. He didn't know anyone in LA. And then now, you know, they were all like best men at his wedding, which he met in real life. So it was a great testament to the fact that like, you still want to like be out in the world and doing things when you're single, even if you're, you know, maybe you don't want to be interviewing everybody on one-on-one coffee dates. You'd rather go to a music concert and, and happen to be with single people. Yeah. So, so I guess there's a, a lot of like thought that went into like, how do I, how would I prefer to be single yeah. and like go on these activities and events and building that into the community. So it's social first. So I would say those are kind of the the three main differentiators. I love um, that. But lots, lots more now that we've added yeah. uh, since then. But I would say like if, at a high level, that's kind of, those are the features that other apps I don't see have. If you love the Gold Digger podcast, you've probably heard me talk about my best friend, Amy Porterfield. Did you know that she has her own marketing podcast too? It's actually the first podcast I ever listened to. Online Marketing Made Easy is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Every episode focuses on giving you the best strategies for online business owners, including starting a digital course, growing your email list, social media content creation, and hosting webinars. Amy is the best at breaking down big ideas and strategies into actionable step-by-step processes. And her show is designed to get you more results with a whole lot less stress. Tune in to Online Marketing Made Easy wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. 
We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top notch. Article's online only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. I love that. And, you know, to me, it honestly makes sense of like, you need to have skin in the game, right? Like, I don't want you to just like create an app, pop up a photo because you're traveling and you're scooting through. I want to see that yes. you're actually like driven. The and tire kickers. Because yes, yep. I'm like, I can't, I mean, first off, I can't imagine dating. I, my husband was basically like my first serious boyfriend. So that's that. But when I hey, think when it about, works, it works, I know right? when I think about like, time and especially for our listeners like for people that are in interested in gold digger like they are ambitious people right they're driven people they're people who are willing to do the work and one thing i'm curious about is have you noticed anything because when i think about my audience and the people who are likely single in it they're also in that stage of building something right and like so yeah. much sacrifice comes when you're saying i'm not going this way i'm going to go that way and i think about you know i've been an entrepreneur for over a decade but there were many years where like relationships were kind of on the back burner while i was building and so have you found yeah. like with the app that a lot of people are now kind of like lifting their eyes and being like like, okay, I am ready to like put in the time and commitment for a relationship. Or they're also like, I don't have a lot of time to mess around. So I want to be super intentional about the relationships that I'm pursuing so that I'm not wasting my time. No, it's a, it's a great point. And I also was building my company while, you know, the irony is my company was a dating company. So yes. it's very meta, but but I empathize with that sentiment that you feel like you're either, if you're, if you're not building, you're sacrificing that, but then if you're dating, you should be building. And so you're, you're constantly kind of pulled in, in both directions. And that was one of the reasons I, I built the league was that I didn't want, I wanted it to be like very fast and efficient. Like I was valuing my time super high. Yeah. I mean, I was in 200 K of debt after business school. I was like, I need to get out of this. I want to at least make this business self-sustaining so I can like sleep at night and know that I can pay everybody going forward. And so I really tried to make the league where you go in, you only really have to be in there like a minute or two. You get your three matches a day, five matches, depending on, you know, if you, if you pay, you get more, but for the most part, it's a, a set number of profiles per day. It's yeah. small in number, but high in quality. It's, you know, we believe in quality over quantity. They should be like highly targeted for your preferences. We don't show you people where you don't fit their preferences. So let's say, you know, you're out a lot of times dating apps will just show you who you want to see, but yes. even if you're not necessarily a fit for, for them and their preferences and they kind of, it's almost like false advertising in a way. And so we don't do that. We make, we only show you people where both preferences are met. So that's already Love like that. a much narrower kind of pool of, of candidates, if you will, I call them candidates yeah. sometimes. And then I think, you know, the trick of dating while you're working, I think, you know, everybody needs balance. And I personally had a 
couple different relationships during the league. I would say that they were all strained because of my commitment to work. And it was always like the league was first and then the relationship was second. And I'll be the first to admit I, I did not prioritize, you know, my boyfriends at the time above my commitment to getting this company into like, you know, pro- to profitability yeah. and to, to being self-sustaining. But I think part of what was great about the league is that the people on the league understood that. And a lot of times they were building their own stuff. And yeah. so maybe, you know, maybe they were actually okay with not getting as much time with me. You kind of had that expectation going in. And so I think it's almost like if both people are aware that their priorities are, you know, there, there's multiple competing priorities and I, th- I think it can work. It's only when you have that misalignment of expectations. And I totally. think the ethos of the league is like, People are trying to build empires. People are working their butt off. This is a like very career focused crowd. And so I think people are attracted to that. And that's what I saw at business school was that people were attracted to that. And these couples would just form out of our business school pool of like 300. I think we had over like 10 or 15 couples that formed, which is pretty high if you think about it. And so it's like basically ambition attracts ambition. And that was kind of where I landed is that like I needed to find someone that wanted kind of wanted that ambition and was okay sacrificing maybe as much time as another relationship they would have if the person wasn't so so career focused. So so yeah, I guess my answer to that is like I think it's just being being clear about your expectations up front with people that how much time you really think you have to give and you can always give more time. But I always say like set expectations low, right? And you can always over deliver. Under promise um, over deliver. (laughs) And you can also screen out people that like want to come with girlfriend or I called it, you know, a a doting like girlfriend that comes to to everything. That was never me. And those are the relationships that didn't work out where when they, they wanted that, they wanted their sidekick that like signed up for their world and what they were doing and didn't, didn't really want to have a shared vision. And so that's a big part of how I screen now when I, when I'm vetting for like who I, Date. I was going to um, say, are is, you single? Like you give us this. Oh, we might, we should save this for another podcast. This is a long story. No, but, um, that's okay. <laughs> yes. I have, I have a lot of stories of using my own app yes. to date. And yes, yeah, so I have had some very serious relationships from the league and I have nothing but great things to say about. We about just the call people. it I, research. Yeah. You're just in the research yes. phase right here. Exactly. So I think, you know, I think you learn a lot from every relationship and what what you need going forward. And so I feel like both building the league and kind of having a couple uh, misfires on the relationship side, I now feel like very equipped to recognize what I'm looking for when I when I find it. I'm actually not. I'm kind of in that phase, which you mentioned. And I really love that you mentioned that, which is like sometimes you don't just because you're single doesn't mean you're trying to change that. Like if yeah. you're really focused on, let's say, fitness, wellness, and maybe building your business, yep. maybe like uh, shopping for a boyfriend isn't even on the top five. Maybe it's actually going to be a distraction to those other goals. And you want to achieve some of those before you find, you know, your person. And so we actually have a status on the league that I built kind of for myself. I, don't, I think I might be the only one using it, actually. But it's basically where you say, you know, you can say you're single or not single. Yep. But you can also say whether you're actively looking, yes. passively browsing or not looking. Love and that. like, you know, we we were selling. I went through an M&A process. We now are, are bought by Match, who's now funding this this awesome campaign I'm getting to do and talk to you. But like during that process, I was not shopping for a boyfriend. I was on the not looking. I was like, I got to get this to the finish line. I got to like I got to just get this done. It's going to be like a six month project. And so. But, but that didn't mean I wasn't open to meeting new people or going to some of these, you know, karaoke events or rock climbing events or whatever, surfing things. So it was, it doesn't mean I wanted to be antisocial. It just meant that I wasn't really like looking to change my status. Yep. And I think that's like an important distinction to make. And I think 
single people often get like pigeonholed into like, oh, you oh, must you're single. Be. I have someone yes, for you. Yes. I need to change that part of you. Yes. And you're like, no, no, I'm actually doing pretty well single. And then when I'm ready, now I'm going to go fishing yes. for my boyfriend. But like, it doesn't have to be this like all consuming thing. You can go, you can take breaks, you can delete the apps and get back on them. Yep. I've done that. I think we all have. So it's, I think it's healthy to like recognize that life is in cycles and yeah. you don't always have to be kind of in the search phase. Yeah. One thing I love that you so kind I of, a little bit no, of my little manifesto no. on this because I'm always, I get, sometimes I get triggered when people are like, <gasps> Oh, are you single? Like, I, how come, Yes. Like, you know, how are you single or like, why are, let me try to help you fix it. Yes. Oh my gosh. We went through a tricky stage of our relationship when we were trying to grow our family. And there was one quote that I always clung to during it. And it was like, sometimes the season of waiting is just as important as what it is that you're waiting for. And I just oh, it's feel, a beautiful quote. yeah, I feel like that is so true in business, in relationships, in life, in parenthood and everything where it's like, Oftentimes when you're in that waiting season, you want to just like waste it or rush it. And I love that we can talk about like, no, maybe like that is that time that you're building yourself or you're building your independence or you're building your thing or you're becoming the type of person who is ready for whatever it is that you're going after and like bringing someone into your life. Yeah, exactly. Because if you like you, you know, you grew together. So I think that's a whole different like amazing, beautiful experience where you're you're getting to know each other as you grow together. But then I think, you know, for people that are meeting later in life. You're basically now doing like a joint venture of like, okay, here's how you live your life. Here's how I live my life. How do we build a joint vision that that incorporates both of what we love about our lives? And it doesn't involve me sacrificing everything for the guy. It doesn't involve the guy sacrificing everything for me. And so it becomes a lot more about like, you need to know, you need to know what's important to you before you go into this like merging of the worlds. And for me, a lot of my like intentionally single time it was understanding like what does Amanda like to do even when there's no when there's no significant other in my life and then now where do I want to insert them and and kind of just being very thoughtful about the kind of relationship I want to have and what activities I want to still continue to do even when I'm in a relationship that may just be so you know like I go for long walks by myself I don't think I want to change that even if that's going to cut into my time with my boyfriend whereas like back my old Amanda I would probably if he has a friend watching sports, I'm going to go watch sports with them. And you're kind of like assuming you just need to do everything that they want to do. Yeah. And so I, I found myself compromising a lot in past relationships and I'm trying really hard to like center myself on what, what me as a single person likes and then, and then building that into a relationship. I love that. So you have an amazing campaign going on right now. Be a gold digger, which is exactly why I was like, we have to get Amanda on this show. Yes. Let's talk yeah, about so actually, goals. Wait, this is yes. She's got a right? hat. This is be a gold digger. I have digger. one for you, by the way. Yes. To get into you in time, yes. But, and um, I love this because you are celebrating all things goals. So tell me a yes. little bit about why the focus on like Yes. Why did you guys (laughs) decide to focus on goals? Like, why was that the main focus as you went into this fall? Because I love it, obviously. Yeah, no, it's a great question. So the thing with the league is like, it's, you know, it's my baby. I'm taking this off because I'm I'm not like a super hot person. But uh, so the thing with the league is that, you know, the name, the league, we're selective. We don't let everybody in. I was coming out of Stanford when I launched it you know, I had some kind of fun, quippy marketing messages at the beginning, which was like, if you took the top 30% attender, you know, you'd have the league and you put like an admissions uh, council behind it, like you'd have the league. And so there's a lot of, you know, I I like kind of fun, edgy, unapologetic marketing. I do a lot of copy. I do all most of all the copywriting myself. So I, I like 
kind of having that that attitude with it. And so, you know, I think for better or worse, we we kind of got written about in press as like this elitist Ivy League app that like you had to go to a one of the eight Ivy League schools and you had to have some C-level job or making, you know, six high six figures to even like be eligible. And and for the most part, that, that was never true, but it was just like, that was what people liked to write about that got clicks. This was in the day when like, journalism was moving into paywall, but it wasn't yet. Yeah. So everybody was about clicks, clicks, clicks. And so the more polarizing and elitist they made us sound, the more people wanted to read about it, which, you know, is a double-edged sword. Yeah. We got a lot of press for it. And like, we didn't have the money to pay for, for marketing at the time. So we, in a way we got free marketing from it. So I didn't, I didn't like totally hate it. But then on the other flip side, there was people like, you know, I have friends that were even like friends of mine that were like, I don't think I'll qualify. And I'm like, wait a minute, you went to a great school, yeah. you have a great job. Like, what do you mean? And they're like, but it's only for like MBAs at Ivy League. And I'm like, no, 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 that's just where I launched it. So I think, you know, for better or worse, we kind of got pigeonholed as this like, you know, highly educated, highly successful, very selective elite app for, you know, the 1%, if you will. And so, you know, when I tried to break it down to people, I'm like, no, no, it's about ambition. Yeah. It's like about putting the people that are ambitious and have a work ethic and have very career, big goals, yeah. <laughs> career focus and goals kept coming up and up and up. And then we talked about, you know, what are some of the stereotypes we're trying to eradicate now that we have a marketing budget finally? Like we haven't, you know, for most of the life of the company, we had less than a million dollars to spend on marketing. If that, you know, the first couple of years was zero. So it was like, we finally actually have a, a big boy marketing budget. How do we want to, how do we want to kind of correct the narrative? And I was like, no, the league's about goals. Yeah. Um, and so we worked with this agency. They're actually the ones that did liquid death. It was called Humanot, but they, when we talked about ambition and how we want to like focus on that, they came back with like the concept of kind of relating it back to the gold digger yeah. concept where, you know, there's a stereotype that women are going after rich men. And it's like very antiquated because women are now working and we have more money than men. We have more houses than men. We have like, we're going through college and graduate school at higher rates than men. So like, we are not gold diggers. Mm -hmm. we, we, if anything, the men <laughs> are now gold digging us. So it's like, there's sort of this like flip that has happened in our generation. And so the juxtaposition of like what was old, which is, you know, oh, you're a pretty woman, trophy wife for a rich, wealthy guy. I kind of wanted to like directly juxtapose that with like the fact that, you know, there's 55% of the league is women, maybe even like 58%. Like we're, we're women focused. Yeah. These women are high achieving. They're very ambitious. They work their way up the ladder. It's not, it is not elitist. It is actually just like a group of very ambitious people coming together that want to date other ambitious people. And the word ambitious, I think, we talked a lot about that. It's it sort of has this different connotation. And so I think we kind of we basically boiled it down to like, what do you mean by ambitious? Yeah. What do we mean when you say someone's ambitious? It's like they have a lot of goals and they're constantly setting goals and going after them. And that's a trait and a trademark yes. of, of very successful people. And I don't think that's anything to be ashamed of to be goal oriented. And I think it's actually a really good way to define what our user base is. So we're kind of moving into a world where we're trying to to say like, you know, this is an app for goal-oriented people, but that sounds kind of cringe. So that's why we, the gold digger was a lot more fun, which is like, are you a gold digger? Yeah. Come join the app for gold diggers. So it's just a lot of kind of a fun way to, to market it and kind of nod the hat to the past antiquated 
traditions that are no longer relevant to this generation. I love that. I mean, obviously I can I'll get behind your shirt. Too. Yes. <laughs> I can get behind the gold digger message. I love it. I recently yes. met someone yesterday at a coffee shop and then he was like, Oh, what's your podcast called? And I was like, gold digger. And I'm like, G O A L not the yes. other way around. And I, I had to explain him like my husband's a stay at home dad. Like, you know, but it was, he was like an older man who was like a business professor. And he kind of gave me that look and I was yeah. like, no, no, no. And so I, I, I love that. I know what it's like to feel completely thrown off your game because you're just not motivated or your mind isn't in the right space. That's why I'm thrilled to tell you all about superhuman activations. Now, if meditation isn't for you, you need to try activations instead. Activations are a groundbreaking new type of audio that's this mix of a motivational podcast, cinematic music, and guided visualization. They are fundamentally different from meditation and a lot more exciting to listen to. Instead of calming you, activations are motivating, energizing, and transformative. You'll reach your goals faster whether you want to earn more money, get clarity, achieve a health goal, or feel like you're reaching your highest potential. They're essentially a shortcut to get to where you want to be and the ultimate way to visualize your future self. And you can only find them on the Superhuman app. I use and love Superhuman and find myself playing activations several times a day, whether I'm baking bread, doing my skincare, or even when I'm in the shower. Superhuman offers something completely different to other apps out there, and I cannot wait for you to try them. Take advantage of their 14-day free trial and head over to activations.com forward slash gold digger to start your trial and save over 60% off your membership. There is literally no risk. If you change your mind and forget to cancel after the trial, you're covered by their money back guarantee. The discount is only available through their website, not the app store. So visit activations.com forward slash gold digger now for over 60% off. Do not miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts and it expires soon. That's activations.com forward slash gold digger. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a hundred dollar credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. 
Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So you also launched this feature in your app called Goalmates. So tell me how Goalmates works, because I think that my listeners would be really interested in this part. Yes. So this is my like my brainchild, which yes. is, is there a better way to match than, you know, right now when you go on dating apps and the league is is included in this, like you put in your age preferences, your height preferences, your location preferences, how many miles away do you want them to be? We let you put in your education preferences. Do you want them to have a master's? Like, so there's all these like very tactical and like just kind of like un I don't know if I would say it was like totally irrelevant, but it's like they're not really the meat of what what attraction is based on. Yeah. And so what we're doing is we're allowing people to select from a list of like 300 goals. So select their top 10 goals that they're going after. You know, some of the options are like light and funny, like stop sleeping on my face is one of my favorite of the lighter ones. And then there's like, you know, write, write the next great American novel. Like that's one of my goals. I want to write a book at some point and like, I've never done it. I've talked about it. And like, I would love to meet someone that also wants to write a book and like, maybe we can hold each other accountable. Maybe we can go to writing workshops. Maybe our date is, us telling each other the first chapter outlines and like, and even if it doesn't work out, even if there's no spark and there's no chemistry, maybe I found a really good writing partner in that search. And so I think it goes back into what I was saying is that like, in my perfect world, you're not like separating a search for your soulmate as a separate thing. You're going about your daily life, doing what you want to do, achieving the goals you want to achieve. And then you're bumping into that person along the way on the path of where you want to go. And then you are going together and you're pointing in the same direction with the same velocity. And I think that's like why a lot of people grow apart is that they weren't, you know, you were lucky you found someone that clearly wanted to, to kind of go in the same direction. But, you know, when you talk to people who are divorced, yeah. oftentimes that's the number one reason the relationship failed is that we were cha- we changed. I wanted to be over here. They wanted to sit at the TV and, and drink wine or whatever. And so you hear these stories where people kind of had a different take on what they wanted to get out of their life. And so if you can match on goals instead of like, oh, he fits my height preferences and he is like blonde hair. It's like, no, let's actually match on something meaningful. And then that way, when you are going through the search process, there's like a common thread that you're getting. And so as you, you know, maybe you're not finding the spark, but you're at least making really good friends that can help you achieve your goals. And I think that that was a big learning for me was that if you look about all the different relationships I've been in, you invest so much time with these people they place such a big impact on you when you're in a relationship and you're the average of the five people you hang out with the most. Right. So it really does pay to be with like the most ambitious goal oriented person that wants to go where you want to go, because you're going to have a better chance at reaching your goals. If you're partnering with someone who's also like helping you swim there. Right. So, so I think it was just, you know, I guess my romanticized way of like in the perfect world, that would be how we are all, we would all meet achieving our goals and meeting someone on the path of, of achieving that. So the most popular ones right now, I think there's a bunch of people that want to go and try to lose their ego at an ayahuasca Ooh, retreat. Here we go. <laughs> um, there's a lot of travel people that want to go, you know, kind of check off a lot of different countries. There's things like starting a family and like having a, a large family. That's like a goal that not everybody shares yeah. that, you know, so it's, it's everything from that to learning how to knit a sweater or yeah. hiking, you know, Machu Picchu. So it's, it doesn't have to be like, I want to be CEO of a billion dollar corporation and I'm not going to sleep you know, right. for the next 10 years. It, it doesn't have to be this like demanding goal. It's just a matter of like 
can we match you on that? Yeah. And so my, my like dream is that once we've, we've only had this out a couple of weeks now, but like in a couple of months, we'll have data and people who we're actually giving you someone in your batch. Yeah. So every day we give you profiles, we're giving you an extra person, like kind of like Google's I'm feeling lucky yeah. if I'm dating myself yeah. with that probably, but you know, so basically it's a goal. We're calling it your goal mate. And so maybe they don't figure out their preferences. Maybe they're not exactly in your 10 mile radius, or maybe they're five ten instead of five eleven. but they both, you know, they want to do one of the goals you want to do. And so, my hope is that we're going to start seeing maybe those matches convert at a higher rate. They yeah. exchange phone numbers at a higher rate. They meet in person at a higher rate. Maybe they have more conversation. And so we'll be able to actually do like a full analytics breakdown on like, are these matches sort of better you yeah. know, holistically if we match you on, on a goal that you Love guys both that. share? So that's, you know, fingers crossed those will, you know, that will show up in the data, but, but if not, at least you're, you know, your dates, you have something to talk about. On yes. Your dates, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. Okay. Final question is I would love just any dating tips. So how does somebody that's listening, how do they like vet ambition on a dating app or like, how do you kind of feel it out in the first few dates? Do you have any tips for somebody listening? Who's like, I'm ready to put myself back out there. What do I do? Yeah. So there's a lot of different stages to the search, right? First is like, just creating, you know, your uh, initial like list of prospects, right? So that's harding people on our app, but, you know, swiping right on other apps. So select, you know, how do you decide who to select right on? Then once you get the match, talking about conversation, deciding when to move to the date and then on the date, like what questions to ask to screen. So I think there's a little bit of different strategies for all of them. I tend to be a little less selective on the, at the top of the funnel, if you will, just because Oftentimes, as you know, on dating apps, people don't write back. There's a lot of flakiness. Like we've tried to change that. I think all of dating apps have, but in general, you're just never going to know if I'm traveling, I ghost people on dating apps. I'll be the first to admit it. So I'm, you know, and I'm not going to change that. Like if I'm just doing something else, I might not check in. So you, instead of like being upset that maybe only 50% of people write you back, just take that as part of that. That's how the funnel works. So you kind of want to be less selective on the way in. If there's even something interesting about the profile, I would say like swipe right on it, hard it. And then, then when you, when you get into the messaging, you can be more selective about who you message, especially if you're a woman, just in general, it tends to be, uh, you get to have to be a little more selective, but men too. And then when you're, you know, when you are messaging, finding that common goal. So we are now showing on the league, like if you have a shared goal, if you have shared interests, so I always like talking about those things and you get right to something you can connect on. And then I'm not a big, like, texter and banter. I think you want to get enough so that you can get their personality, but you don't want to, you don't want to lose momentum. And you know, you're, you're really trying to get to it. I call it, you want to get to DTL date time location. So like make a plan, see if they're, you know, what are they doing next week? I I don't think you should be shy about scheduling it even as a, a woman like it's it's a whole new day and age and at this point like nothing really matters until you meet in person yeah. and so you don't waste a lot of time messaging someone you haven't met because you could meet in person and then you just know immediately there's no spark and then you wasted all this witty banter right that you could have you know you could have been working on your business right so i, I try not to waste too much time on the messaging yeah. and the way the the league sort of vets for ambition so you don't have to do that if you're on another app that doesn't show all that you may want to ask questions about what they do for work where they live like what's their favorite thing to spend time on outside of work and and all that stuff. But on the league, because that information is shown, you can kind of go straight to the fun stuff, which is why I liked, I didn't want to ask people about their job. Like I thought that felt weird. I want to ask them like, if you had all the money and time in the world, what would you be doing? That's like one of my favorite questions. I actually asked that when I interview my VP of engineering. 
candidates and my boyfriend candidates. Yes. I ask what they would do if they had all the time and money in the world and like where they would be. And it's a super interesting question to see. It, it showcases ambition. It showcases impact. It showcases maybe their family values. Yeah. So you can get a lot out of those kind of questions. It's a good in-person one though. So if you have a good feeling about it, I, I still recommend like nothing beats an in-person date. And if you can get the person to kind of commit to a time date location, I think that should be like your number one goal. And then, and then on the date itself, I think, you know, there's a lot of advice out there that is, I would echo, you know, see how they trade the waiters, see how, you know, if you want to do something, that's not what they want to do, how they react to it. Mm-hmm. I like to kind of tell people no on the first date to see how they respond. Yeah. Cause I've had a lot of relationships where I didn't do that until later in the relationship. And then when you don't want to do things their way, they really can't take yeah. it. So I, I kind of like to, to do a couple of those tricks. I like to be late. This is like a, a weird one, but <laughs> because it, some people get really pissed and like, we'll just write you yeah. off. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not going to work with me. Cause I'm like kind of late for everything <laughs> all the time. Like I was late for this five minutes. And that was good for me. So it's like, you know, and I, I get that some people think that's disrespecting time. Other people might be like, look, she has ADHD. Same. She's running a company. Just I should say, just be timelineness is real. <laughs> right. So I do that and that can kind of, I can see if they're like getting mad or like whatever. And I'm like, this is not going to be a, a good fit. And so there's a little tricks like I do. And then the, my, one of my other tricks is that I always say, I always make a commitment for after the date yeah. so that even if the date's going well, there's a hard stop yeah. because you always want to leave them waiting more if it's working. And if it's not working, you have an easy out. You don't have to reject them and say, this isn't working. You just say, I'm going to a dinner with my friends yeah. at 830. You're meeting for drinks at 7.30 before keep it time-based. Again, like the startup, play, give yourself a, yes. a timeline. And then I think it's kind of fun. Like, I think just like find out how much you can learn about someone's story and their interesting pieces of knowledge that they know that you don't know. I always like to try to find out like, what is something you know a lot about that you don't think a lot of people do? That's another great question. Mm-hmm. And and I try to have fun on the dates and look at them as like, you're meeting really interesting people, ideally highly ambitious, highly educated, highly, highly successful. So there's like something to be learned from yeah. everybody, even if, you decide they're not your person. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess that's my, those are my dating notes in a, in a nutshell. I love that. Amanda, where can everybody find out more about you? Check out the league, get their goal mates. Give me all the places that you can connect. Yes. Well, I kind of want to give, I'm going to try to do give these hats out to people. So right now we're just the league.com. And then I'm at sign Amanda Bradford on Instagram and Twitter. And I haven't started TikTok yet, but I'm thinking about it. Go. So let me know if you guys think it's a, uh, a good a good channel to try but but yeah and i think with the goldmates campaign we're in new york new york subways west fourth bedford station brooklyn brooklyn bedford and columbus circle and then in in la we're at the lax airport we have airport trades going on and a big giant billboard that says date someone with a five-year plan that will make you goldgasm (laughs) which we almost got rejected but they got it approved at the last second so i'm really excited about that so yeah those are the campaigns and then yeah we're gonna probably be doing a couple more things in new york you know towards the end of the year for the holidays so yeah we're really excited so download the app at theleague.com and all your guests i'll make sure they get they get hooked up with a skip the line. Awesome. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for all of our listeners out there who are in the space of readying yourselves for the right person. This is a place for you. I'm so excited. Amanda, thank you so much for coming on the Gold Digger podcast. This was so fun. It's so fun. You're like such a a perfect lead. It is a match made in heaven.
This was such a fun interview. I loved hearing from Amanda about founding her own app and why she built it the way she did with the intention and the heart and the goal digging behind it. She let me know that when you join the league, if you send your concierge, which everyone gets a concierge, how fancy is that? Hashtag gold digger. It'll allow you to have VIP perks and you can skip the waiting line. So again, once you join the league, send your concierge, hashtag gold digger, and you'll get some extra perks. I am hoping that all of you walk away today just feeling inspired and proud of yourself for being this ambitious, driven person that you are. And again, always remember, sometimes the season of waiting is just as important as what it is that you're waiting for. I cannot wait to hear your success stories and hopefully a love story or two. I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll be officiating one of your weddings someday. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home, and thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.